It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know. And if you think you know about superheroes and comic books... Think again. We got romance. We got action. Romance. We got comedy. We got everything you need, man. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance. What part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know. All right. So come on down to. Su- Wait, why did I say come on down? To superhero stuff you should know. Dylan. Hey, Matt. Well, third reschedule of this topic. We're finally able to discuss. Uh Uh-huh. Which I uh, watched the last time I thought we were going to talk about this. Yep. So it's promptly out of my brain. We are talking about another Shane Black Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. Certainly certainly not the first one we've talked about and certainly won't be the last one that we talk about. Will not be. Kiss, kiss. A bang, a bang, which, you know, the last Shane Black Christmas movie we talked about, Iron Man 3, mm-hmm. I've heard many a human being argue that Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is almost directly related to Robert Downey Jr. getting the role of Iron Man. Like this was kind of the movie see that. proved to people, OK, he's sober, he's he's doing well, he's got his shit together. And I and I could. I can see a teensy bit of like what would be the the birth of like Tony Stark, but in this he is he is a lovable loser in this movie for well, sure. Well, Matt, I just want to say I felt bad originally for having us push this back and reschedule it twice. Then I watched it, and I would say that this movie has about as much to do with Christmas as Scream coming out in December, you dick. There is... I'm trying to help you out. It's the middle of summer. (laughs) I watched this whole thing, and I'm like, there is maybe one thing about Christmas in this whole fucking thing, and that is No, 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 no. I would would argue... Here's here's the thing. I would make the argument. Yeah. This is what we're going to have to do. This is the debate that we're going to do. Okay. I think that while, yes, it kind of loses being a Christmas movie about 10 (laughs) minutes into the movie. Yeah. But she does wear the Christmas dress, the the Santa dress. I also think that Christmas is more tied to the kickoff of everything than in Die Hard. Oh, okay. And, And my argument has always been. 
that with Die Hard, you could literally make that any other work party and the rest of the movie plays out exactly the same. Like, it could be their New Year's party. It could be a Halloween party at the office. Like, <laughs> I've been at an office where we have a party every other month. For before. everything, like, yeah. So like Teddy's literally at a retirement party right that's now. That's what I mean. It's, it could have been someone's <laughs> retirement party. Like it doesn't have to be Christmas for the rest of that yeah. plot to move forward. Yeah. But Robert Downey Jr. is the whole thing stems from him trying to pull a jingle all the way and steal yeah. the hot Christmas toy that everybody wants. Yeah. Uh so that's that's my argument. But no, I'm just giving just, you a tough time. I yeah, thought this fucking ruled. This movie is amazing. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I yeah. literally think that this is if I was to sit down and go through every one of this massive collection of DVDs and stack them from my least favorite DVD, like my least favorite movie all the way to my favorite movie, I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bang makes it into the top 30 or 20. Okay, yeah. On that stack. I think that this movie is so fun. It's it's hilarious. Like it's not even like kind of funny. It's fucking hysterical. And the quotes are unbelievably like great. Val Kilmer is like crushes it. This is when I became a Robert Downey Jr. fan. I was like, yeah, where is this guy been? Like, like, this this is a redemption movie for I'm 100 percent seeing what you what you mentioned earlier, because I was going to bring that up. I was like, this is like Tony Stark light. If if Tony Stark just kept fucking things up, yeah, <laughs> I mean that's that's kind of the character that he is. Dude, playing. the scene with the bullet, the scene where they're trying to yep. figure out when he's like, "Well, I figured I had like a one in ten chance." He's like, yeah. "What? Who Shoots taught you math?" <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It is. It's really good. I would say in terms of this versus Iron Man three, I'd say Iron Man three has more Christmas, but this yep. is definitely the better Shane Black. Robert Downey Jr. movie. And I actually had not seen this before. Oh, you thought, I thought you I had. had? No, yeah. this is the this was a first time watch for me. It's it's a fun one, man. And and there are this was one of those movies. So I mean, your origin story of watching this was that I made you watch it under the guise of saying it was a really Christmassy viewing. <laughs> so I worked at a video store. The yeah. the dream job that every uh person who loved Kevin Smith wanted to have. And uh, we had an employee recommendation wall and Uh the guy who was a co-manager with me put this on his employee recommendation wall one time. And I thought the box art looked really cool. And he's like, oh, you haven't seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? He's like, you got to see it. And then I promptly co-opted it. The second that he took it off of his employee recommends shelf, it went onto the Matt Kelly employee recommends shelf. Yeah. Because I was like, th- I was telling everybody to watch this. So I made my roommate Shrop at the time watch it. And the amount of times that we would quote this movie, uh, I think the line that we quoted more than any was, um, <laughs> it's like, you know what you would get if you looked up the word stupid in the dictionary? <laughs> or idiot. Uh, when you idiot looked up the, the word di- idiot in the dictionary, he's like, a picture of me? No. no <laughs> the definition of idiot, which you fucking are. <laughs> <laughs> It's so this is Shane. This is the best script Shane Black has ever written. Yeah. Like I can understand why he was like, this is the one I'm doing as my directorial debut. Like it is yeah. such a strong script. And he did. He got the best actors for the part. Everybody is so likable. Dude, the scene 
the scene where he tries to kill the spider. And she's yeah. like, she's like, whatever, you flicked my tit, no big deal. And he's like, I flicked your tit, no big deal. No big like deal? if someone he's if someone touches that, it's a big deal. Like it's like it's like, man, I do like this guy. Like he is yeah. he's he's a dude who's a robber and got his partner killed, but he really does have a very strong moral line that he is constantly walking on like he does and and some people would even say it's it's toxic to a point yeah especially at the end when he's going or not at the end but more towards the later half of the movie um where him and harmony are about to hook up and she's like i have a confession to make and it cuts to him throwing her out of his apartment because (laughs) she slept with his best friend in high school which was like 20 years before this yeah he's like he's chaotic lawful if he fell onto a a DD character board and it's unfortunate because i watched that and i'm like that would have been me like i I would have been pissed (laughs) for sure uh so so a little bit about this movie that we'll dive into a a basic breakdown of the plot, but you really should watch this. If you haven't seen this movie there, there's nothing that I would say like, Ooh, avoid if like, obviously don't maybe not watch it with kids. It is an R rated movie. There's, there's some boobies, there's some blood, but nothing's like, like the stuff that is like a little squeamish is done for comedic effects. So it's not like, you're not like, if you're not a blood or violence person, I think you'll be fine. But what I do love about this movie is the amount of voiceover narration that just decimates the fourth wall. The fourth wall breaking, uh, yeah. Constantly. There, there's a great bit where, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s character is telling this story. And there's a character who you think may be dead and then yeah. turns out that they're not dead. And he's the voiceover is like, I know, I know, but that's just the way it played out. Like, <laughs> I hate when this happens. Like, why not just bring everybody back in that case? And it's like every character who died in the movie starts coming into them, the hospital yeah. room. And then Abe Lincoln walks in. <laughs> like, it's, it's those little fourth wall breaks of absurdity. But yeah. it tells the story of this robber who, through a, a weird circumstance, uh, witnesses his partner get shot while they're trying to rob a toy store for the hot toy that Christmas. And as he's running to hide, he accidentally runs into a casting call for a movie in which the part is a robber whose partner has just been gunned down. And uh, while Robert Downey Jr. starts reading the lines, he has a full breakdown, yeah. uh, being overwhelmed by everything that's just happened. And we don't know if his partner ever died. No, we right. never really get the answer, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure he did. The The casting director, who's played brilliantly by Larry Miller, anytime yeah. that that dude's in something, he kills it. Which I expected him to be in this more no, as he's, well. And he, yeah, he, he has very few lines. No, but he he's like, well, this guy's brilliant. And they yep. fly him out to L.A. Uh, for the next round of casting. Um, so the part that he's playing is a detective. They decide to set him up with another detect like an actual detective yeah, a private, private eye, eye. yeah uh so he can kind of learn a little bit of the ropes and on what is supposed to be a very mundane uh surveillance gig they actually witness a murder and then that unravels a whole bunch of different yeah. threads and it turns into like a full-blown self-aware film noir yeah. movie and then one of the big reveal what well, it's not a big reveal but no 
you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s coming up with all these different excuses to stay and his biggest excuses to be in the movie. And then Val Kilmer's character who plays the private eye <laughs> reveals they are not going to cast you in the movie. You are just a, a pawn in this chess game to get someone else who's a much bigger actor to Colin lower Farrell. Colin Farrell. Colin They're Farrell. trying to get Colin Farrell to lower his asking price yeah. um, by by being like, well, we got this hot new actor who's going to be the next Colin Farrell. Uh, and then you're going to just be shipped off. And yeah. That's where this movie really is kind of it kind of shines in the fact that it is a loving homage to film noir hits all of the beats yeah. of a film noir is a scathing <laughs> critique of Hollywood simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And like I said, just very funny. And and there is like California Christmas, which is yeah. a bunch of palm trees that got lights on them and weird club parties for Christmas time that like you and I would not be seen dead at. No, (laughs) no, I absolutely adored it. I did keep thinking that another, like the other shoe was going to drop. I kept, there were weird moments where I was like, Oh God, is fucking Val Kilmer going to turn on his ass or, or is, is harmony setting him up or, or what's happening here. But I like that there wasn't a big real twist. Like I like that we're straightforward. This is what's happening. Even like, I feel like the story, like the mystery kind of takes a backseat to these characters relationships as the big reveal is about like almost kind of characters that we didn't really meet or talk to a lot of. Um, It's all about the relationship between these three people, which one of which is um, Robert Downey Jr. as a kid. His character as a kid was a magician and he always had a crush on this girl named Harmony. I'll tell you what, man, that opening fucking scene. Oh, got you. hundred <laughs> percent, dude. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? I was like, I expected I didn't expect her to be dead, but I thought maybe he fucked up and like, like got her a little bit. To which even when the father's over there and pissed and opens up the thing, there's nothing blocking her from getting cut nope. in half. She's literally just pulling her legs up. So the margin for error is minuscule for that trick. But um, come to find out that they both have ended up in Hollywood. Uh, her dream was always to be a big star. And he has, I don't want it to sound negative, but he's always been kind of obsessed with her. He's, he's yeah. been infatuated. Let's use that word, infatuated with her. And what I love about it is he's not perfect. Like he, he ends up getting drunk and sleeping with her friend. <laughs> I thought you know, that was so, fucking hysterical. <laughs> so here's who I'm going to compare him to. And I, okay. I've been listening to this podcast, high school slumber party, which just reviews high school films. Okay. Uh, that's, that's the only conceit. It can be any okay. genre. As is long it hosted as it's by the, Matt Kelly? Cause it sounds I, like, a I Matt know Kelly. <laughs> I can't believe someone beat me to this idea. No, it's a guy named Brian Rodriguez. He's a really sweet dude. I was actually on an episode recently talking about oh, Daria. Nice. Very cool. You know, as long as it's, it could be animation, it could be horror. As long as it, the characters high are school. high school age. And most mm-hmm. of the film shows some type of element of high schoolness to okay. it. Then yeah. they'll, they'll cover it. Um, but they were talking about the movie Say Anything, right? Okay. Yeah. And they said what's what's really interesting about the movie Say Anything, and, and this is what I kind of would apply to Robert Downey Jr.'s character in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, is they're like, Lloyd Dobler, by all accounts, is creepishly a stalker yeah. towards Diane Court. 
However, he asks her to go to this party. He isn't forceful about it. Yeah. She says yes. He's respectful to her. And while they're at the party, he's always keeping an eye on her, but not in like a possessive way in a like, I just want to make sure she's having a good time. Yeah. And he lets her do her thing. And I feel like Robert Downey Jr. in the scenes where they're at the party, he's not like we've been to horror cons where there's the creepy guy in the friend zone that's hovering around his his hot female friend. It's not that at all. Like, it's like she's doing her thing and he's like in the area and he's protective of her, but protective in like a if he sees someone grabbing her ass, he's going to fight somebody. Yeah. And, and he's, he protects her before he even knows it's knows her, it's her, you he gets his ass, gets his ass kicked, <laughs> but he's like, so funny. but she's basically in a position where she's about to be raped. And he's like, yeah. uh, fuck you very much. No. Yeah. And that really, you know, for a movie that starts off with a guy getting his friend killed, robbing a toy store. Yeah. They do a very good job of immediately making you on his side in that moment where you're like, all right, this is the kind of dude who's not going to turn a blind eye to something because you know he's got a mind your own fucking business attitude he's yeah he's gonna step up and do the right thing and like you said it's almost a toxic trait of his because he loses a finger like there's so much bad shit that happens to him where all things considered even even with harmony being tangentially tied to everything it's like you don't owe this person anything like you could just get on a plane and go home yep It is mind-blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know. And if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance. We got action. Romance. We got comedy. We got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance. What part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches. And then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. <laughs> Alright, so come on down to... Su- Wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Hailing from the Garrettscape. Welcome one and all to Masters of the Media. In a land of pop culture podcasts, I, filmmaker Garrett Briones, and my quote-unquote co-host Jack Watson look at the why of the stories we love and figure out why they connect with us. The show is all about loving the media you love and appreciating the underappreciated. It's a celebration of storytelling and also two pals making each other laugh at random impressions and the silliest things you can imagine. You can find Masters in the Media on all your favorite podcatchers and right here on the Geekscape Network. We hope to see you all on the Garrettscape. I almost was rooting for him and Perry to to start dating or or, or form some form of connection. I mean, they did kiss at one point, but I don't know. I, I didn't. I love the relationship between the three of them. I think that his love of harmony is not as reciprocated even throughout yeah. the movie. I mean, she fucking leaves him in the car bleeding out from his finger <laughs> to go save Perry, which, yeah, Perry needed to be saved. But I mean, this guy's fucking fingers is, <laughs> is gone again. Yeah. <laughs> so, it- which is her 
fault, kind of. Oh, the second time? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, and that just put him into a whole other situation of the the girl with the pink hair and, and everything else. Which, did you like, recognize who that was? Kind of. I knew that she looked familiar. So I can never pronounce this woman's name to save okay. my life. I've always had a little bit of a crush on her. Yeah. Um, if it's who I think it is. So... It's it's Shannon. It is the girl from um like Rules of Attraction, Night's yep. Tale, Forty yep. Days, Forty, 40 Nights, Forty Nights. Yep. Yeah, yeah, she is. She is the pink haired girl. And then let me see if I can find. There's one other crazy one in here. They keep making reference to how Harmony was in the Bear commercial. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the voice of the Bear. Is Lawrence Jake Fishburne. Oh, Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> I like it, but what do I know? I eat the fishes, the heads off of fishes. So <laughs> like, the one bit I didn't get was the last bear commercial where it was a different woman. I feel like there was a significance to that woman as well, but I don't. It was the blonde. Yeah, I think it's just I, I'm sure that if nothing else, it's just a statement of how like recyclable people Everything are in Hollywood is. like every you know they just move on yeah um, I'm looking at some of the quotes from the movie on IMDb and and again yeah. this is not a like it's it's a popular movie it's got its cult following but it's not a super well-known movie but it's got 75 quotes posted on IMDb which says a little bit of something yeah. about the popularity of it but like this line between Harmony and Harry I feel like a shows that because i i've seen this with friends who stayed in hollywood for way too long there is this like weird elitism that like underlies everything and they're talking about this girl and harmony says well for starters she's been fucked more times than she's had a hot meal which i have heard people say stuff similar to that for sure but then harry's response is yeah i heard about that it was neck and neck and then she skipped lunch <laughs> those stupid lines it was also like good. second of all she's 35 yeah <laughs> did you know that like did you know the girl that played young ariel or young uh harmony is ariel winter from yes. modern family i did yep, not yep. know that yep i i forget where i i had heard that in the last year or two like okay. I was like reading up and I was like, oh, shit. But yeah, that's that's it's it's a nice little cast for what is. I mean, it's a 2004 indie film, which yeah. means that like a giant studio gave a lot more money to it than like there. there's a world of difference between what, you know, the the focus features indie film and like Kevin Smith shooting a film yeah. for like 100 bucks with his exactly. friend. Uh, but it. it categorizes as a indie or film yeah uh, but it's got a nice cast it's it's funny yeah, look it starts off with a nice jazz guitar version of let it snow which yeah. uh you know kicks off the christmasy vibes before it promptly pulls them away for I the would... next hour and a half <laughs> so i really hope we get another great shane black movie yeah it's been a little bit of a dip not like in a I, I still don't think he's made a truly awful movie, no. but but he hasn't hit the heights that he no. used to hit because like, so after this, the, the next feature film we got was Iron Man three, which is, is I think we both agreed is good. I really like it, but I'm yeah, also it, like a huge Marvel nerd and, and you're like, yeah, it was, it was all right. It was pretty good. Um, I've heard good things about I, the nice guy. So have I, but I haven't seen it. 
And, and I actually heard, liked I liked the Predator. I know a lot of people hated it. I heard the Predator, a lot of people did not like But here's here's why Predator. people didn't like the Predator. Okay. And here's why I did like the Predator. Okay. The Predator is very much a Shane Black movie. Okay. It it's not so much a Predator movie. Right. <laughs> he like like it focuses very much on, hey, here's a group of mercenaries or soldiers who are going to try to take down the Predator. And this is them hanging out, having that snappy Shane Black, really funny dialogue. Okay. I can get behind that. And then the Predator does his Predator stuff. But like, yeah. <laughs> I was laughing. I was having a good time. I I was absolutely thrilled with it. But I'm also not the biggest Predator guy. Like, I think that the Predator is a really cool creature who people give way too much credit for because there's only really been one good movie about Dude, him. Dude, I'm yeah, I'm I'm going to be completely honest. Like people were losing their shit about the Prey trailer. I haven't watched it. I don't I'm going on record right now. I don't give a fuck about the Predator or the no, Predator movies. It's an awesome character design for yep. sure, but like Yep. It's the same thing with like you can like people need to understand. Yeah. You can you can appreciate Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2 for the masterpieces <laughs> that they are. But the rest of that franchise is trash. And awful. the sooner you like come Fucking to terms awful. with it, same with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is arguably the greatest horror film that's ever been made. I can get and that. two is a real fun campy movie. Yep. Stop getting so upset that you don't like the sequels. There yeah. hasn't been a good sequel, yeah. like a truly good sequel since 1987. Like people who are like, I think you and I have talked about this. The The 2021 Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie uh, is not Netflix a one. Yeah, the Netflix one. Yeah. It's not a good movie, but the people who are like, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to this Bullshit. franchise. Like, it's not even <laughs> close. You're talking about a franchise where fucking <laughs> Matthew McConaughey has robot legs. <laughs> and and uh, Dude, the 3D chainsaw one where Leatherface, yeah, Leatherface became the anti-hero at the end. Um, or or the prequel that gives the dumbest twist just to have a twist in it where it's like Leatherface. Well, yeah. yeah, there's a bunch of people in this insane asylum and one of them's gonna be Leatherface. Is it the fat, awkward, creepy guy who looks exactly like Leatherface, or yeah. is it that smooth, sexy talker over there? <laughs> like, so my thing is is like that was so the I kind of liked that movie, the le like the Leatherface, the one you're just talking about. And I would have liked it a lot better if it wasn't Leatherface. Uh, yeah, a Leatherface movie. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, and that's the thing is, it's like the. I feel like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I haven't done the research to back this up, but I think that I'm correct in this. Um, is similar to like the Saul movies. And the Hellraiser movies where there's a huge chunk of them where they were just like, I don't know, we could we could throw Pinhead into this script <laughs> like and and I'm positive that's what Leatherface was. I'm positive yeah. that is a script for something else. Most and likely. then the studio was like, can we throw Leatherface? In there? I will say I know that that what you're saying with like the franchise sucks as a whole. I will still die on the hill that Texas Chainsaw 3D is the worst of the worst. Of the oh, franchise. it's it's I, I'm not going to disagree with you. <laughs> I look, am I going to sit down and rewatch the Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie? No. 
Probably not. I mean, if I'm at someone's house and they're watching, I'm not going to storm out because it's got some good gore. It's got a nice yeah. like I, I like the, the bus end. scene. The the what the bus scene was one of the coolest set pieces of the year. Yeah, and no, like, there's there's good in there, but like you know what's also great about it? Super short. Yep, <laughs> blissfully short. A good eighty minutes. God, Sign me the fuck up, <laughs> dude. Remember, remember when we watched damn uh, Love, Death, and Robots, man? Yeah, and and you're like, dude, that it's only like ten minutes long, right? I'm like, dude, even better. It's five. Five. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, damn. I gotta watch I this on my phone. I doing... fucking love that shit. No, I love great. when you send me something that, disclaimer here, I love when you send me something that I could actually like watch or not watch, but like listen to and pay a little bit attention to like either at work or on my way home oh, sure. or that's something tic- like that. That's why people love TikToks right yeah, now. It's fucking great. It's like, hey, check out this 30 second thing. That's <laughs> yep. funny. Love it. <laughs> and, and, and people blame it on like, Oh, you got a short attention span and stuff like that. Number one, duh. But number two, like we got to a point where everything coming out had to be like three hours yeah. long. Look, I, I really like the Batman. I am a, huge fan of the batman but that shit could still use 30 minutes at a minimum cut out of it i do i get excited when i see that movies are are an hour and a half yeah it i I think that we're gonna see a return to that soon because i think that more and more people are pushing back against the three-hour movie all right we've gotten way off track we did we did just because bang bang it's great great go check it out yeah, watch it now. You don't need to hold off till Christmas. I mean, you yeah. can, but <laughs> look. I mean, I'm just trying to give us whatever I can during the summer. Yeah, I just, I'm just picking on you because I'm still bitter about the scream thing. But Listen, no, I, 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 I am always. The scream thing was prime, still in Christmas season real estate. Like I would say that we get, we get maybe if we're lucky September, but specifically it's like. Late October until early February is our sweet spot to hit all the big Christmas. Listen, hits. bro, you and can't like, hit me. Let's with- take a pause with some scream. <laughs> you can't hit me with a brand new scream film. I know. I was and just then- like, man, couldn't we at least wait for the DVD to drop? <laughs> like, which I still listen, have your DVD on my cabinet. On uh, my yeah, shelf. I need it. Listen, listen. Speaking of which, that's actually that's actually uh, uh, topical. At least for as the time we're recording this, Nev Campbell, not in Scream 6 because of money. And there I say, do I think she deserves the money? Yes. Do I think I need to see Nev Campbell in Scream 6? No. <laughs> yeah. No. And and I've seen a lot of opinion pieces saying, hey, it's time to let these legacy characters yeah. go. Like you built some real good characters in in part five. Let's just follow that. And, sorry, we're way off. Dylan, I want to kiss, kiss, bang you, buddy. <laughs> All right, I want to kiss, kiss, bang you too, dude. Whoa, oh, whoa. It is mind-blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! 
Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance, we got action, romance. we got comedy, we got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro I, I don't know about this romance, what part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches, and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know! Alright, so come on down to wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff stuff you should know. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 